a short homily, well, short for me, on a very, diff very long and difficult topic for us as human beings and believers in God. How long, O oh Lord, I cry for help, but you do not listen. These are the words from the first chapter of Habakkuk, our first reading. How many of us have cried out to God in this manner? Or how many of our loved ones and friends have left God or the practice of religion with this or equivalent questions under their breath? How long, O oh Lord, am I going to cry for help and you're not going to answer me? How long am I going to cry out violence in the world, injustice in the world, bloodshed in the world, and you won't save me? Why don't you deliver the people in the world today who are suffering? God gives his response to us in the second chapter of Habakkuk. Write down, he says, the vision clearly. If it delays, wait for it. It will surely come. It will not be late. The just one, because of his faith, shall live. What is this vision that God speaks of? It is the vision that comes from living a life of faith. The Hebrew word here for faith is amuna. It isn't just another word for belief, interchangeable, like an assent to an intellectual proposition. I believe this to be true, or I believe that to be true an intellectual proposition. No, it's more. And Muna connotes a faith that is a living, dynamic act of trust. Faith isn't just an act of the intellect, it's an act of the will. It's choosing to trust God and to trust his providence even when we look around and it looks as if he's absent. It looks as if he isn't attending to the evils and sufferings of this world. It looks as if he's not going to come through. It's precisely in these conditions that Habakkuk cries out to the Lord in a prayer to the Lord. Listen to it again. How long, O Lord, I cry for help, but you do not listen. The prophet's cries are also prayers. His cries could be a protest and a manifesto for departure from God, but if you read Habakkuk, it's not that. Instead, he chooses them to be prayers. It is his prayer that enables him to hear what God has to say to him. Likewise with us. What God says to us through Habakkuk is this. Wait for it. They will not delay. The righteous live by faith, by trust in what is unseen in the salvation of God. In other words, faith actually grows the most when life is tough and it is challenging to believe in God. 
especially when our cries become our prayers instead of our manifesto against God. Faith grows the most. St. Augustine says as much in one of his letters, letters 130. Augustine says this, God wills that our desires should be exercised in prayer that we may be able to receive what he is prepared to give. You see, when prayers are unanswered and we have to pray more and we have to cling to God more closely in prayer, it actually exercises our faith. It strengthens our will so that we can be prepared to receive what God is prepared to give us. And I think this is very important. Not just what God wants to give us, but when he is prepared to give to us. As we see in Habakkuk, and certainly as we see in the life of Jesus Christ, there are many wrongs. There are many evils. There are many sufferings in this world which will not be righted until the resurrection of the righteous until the resurrection of the dead. We're going to have to wait for them to be made right. At the same time, what does God say to Habakkuk and to us? Wait for it. It will come. The Lord will not delay, but he will vindicate the righteous person who lives by faith. Live by faith then. Let your questions and cries exercise your faith in order to make your will stronger so that all the more you actively choose to trust in God, drawing closer and closer to Him until He makes all things well and all things right. And pass this message to those around you who struggle in their belief in God or in their practice of their faith. This homily, just like every week, is being recorded and will be on our website usually by Monday night or Tuesday morning. Share this with others. Don't stop believing in God and living your faith in Him because things are not as you think they should be and according to your timeline and your vision of the world. But keep choosing and living for Him until the day when God will have all things be as they should be and according to his timeline, both now and here, and especially in the life eternal. Meanwhile, let him use your cries as prayer to grow your faith in him, and then to help others who have struggled in the ways you have. Let me end with this story. I read recently about a study conducted by a university on the effects that alcohol, alcoholism and drug addiction have on families. As part of the study, twin boys were interviewed who were raised in the home of a father who was both an alcoholic and a drug addict. Both boys are now had grown up, married, and started their own families. One was an alcoholic, and the other did not drink at all. When the researcher asked each one, why do you think 
you became an alcoholic? Or why do you think you chose never to drink? Both gave the same exact answer. What else would you expect when you had a father like mine? Each of us has the power to choose how we're going to respond to the difficulties or problems that life sets before us. We can choose to respond in a negative way or a positive way. It's really up to us. I'm reminded then of a billboard that the Knights of Columbus sponsored a few years back which shows Jesus hanging on the cross, suffering and giving his life for us at the hands of injustice. At the bottom of the image are three simple words. It's your move. It's your move. How will you choose to respond to Jesus as you cry out to him? Will your cries become your manifesto against him and his ways? Shutting you off then from hearing him? Or will your cries become your prayers, no matter how long, that enable you to wait on him and to hear him as he helps you move closer to him?